the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When I saw the pictures of the tornadoes going through Moore, Oklahoma a couple weeks ago, when they said only 24 people were killed, I thought there were thousands, perhaps tens of thousands, that they had to be killed when I saw all that destruction. And yet there were so many people that the newspaper reporters said, hey, how did you survive? Oh, God, protect, God, save, God, wash over me. It was a miracle. Oh, I should have died. It was miracle after miracle. In all that destruction, it's still possible for the work of God to still be displayed. It's possible. Welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. We are here every weekday at this time to share the good news of Jesus and to lift up His name to this city. No matter if you are listening right now from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that today's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to everyone. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message. We come today to a study on the book of Job, which is a book in the Bible that contains some 10,000 words, and those 10,000 words address the topic of suffering. Some people believe that Job is actually older than the book of Genesis. You know, Moses was the one who wrote Genesis. And there's some people believe that Job actually begins before he was around and lived before Moses lived, all right? Now, we don't know, so we could put it anywhere, right? So don't be upset that it's not perfect, but it's, it's where we put it, okay? Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay, Job chapter 1, verse 1. In the land of Uzzah lived a man whose name was Job, and this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. And what you need to know, okay, and this is really important for the rest of the book, was that Job was a righteous man. He was a godly man, and yet he suffered, all right? And that, that might be the whole story of Job, is that you can be a righteous man and still suffer. So remember that he was a righteous man as you read the rest of the book. Verse 2, he had a lot of children. He had seven sons and three daughters, total of ten children. Verse 3, he was wealthy. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. And don't forget this line, he was well known. The Bible says he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. He was the most famous man alive at that time. Now skip down to verse 6. Here's the test. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Verse 7, the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. We know from 1 Peter 5.8 that that's what the devil does. He roams the earth. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 5.8. He roams the earth looking, looking for someone to devour. That's what he does. And so Satan answered the question. Verse 8, the Lord said to Satan, have you considered, as in all that roaming, have you ever considered my servant Job? 
There is no one on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Verse 9. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Verse 11. But if you were to stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord, verse 12, said to Satan, very well, everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. And then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Job lost everything. He lost all his possessions. He lost his fortune. Then he lost his family. Remember those seven sons and those three girls? The Bible says that a a windstorm came. We don't know if it was a tornado or not, but it says they were inside a house and that the wind, all four corners of of the house uh, collapsed and the roof fell and killed all 10 of his children. Uh, just like that. And then he lost his fitness. Write that down. He lost his fitness. In chapter 2 of Job, Job chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says that Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores on his feet to the top of his head. So he lost his fortune, he lost his family, and then he lost his health. And he's, he's got sores, boils, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And then number four, write this down, he lost his fame. He was the most famous person in the land in chapter one. That's chapter one. But when you get to chapter two, he's sitting on an ash heap, Job 2.8. The Bible says that Job took a piece of broken pottery and he was scraping himself, that pus coming out of all the the boils and the sores all over his body, just sitting on a big old eye. Chapter one, he's got it all. He's got it all. He's the most important, famous person. Chapter two, he's scraping these boils, sitting on an ash heap. And just so you know, one of Satan's biggest tests for all of us is sudden reversal. That's where you got everything going good in your life, and he pulls the rug out from underneath you. Sometimes it's positive to negative. Sometimes it's negative to positive. Job lost his fortune, his family, his fitness, his fame, but he never lost his faith. He never blamed God. And that's why later on in Job 13, 15, he could say what might be the greatest verse, one of the greatest verses in the whole Bible. In the midst of all this tragedy, Job says these words, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. So that's what we have. We have the testing period. Then we have this big period of conversations. God and Satan are talking about Job. The other thing that you need to note about this conversation as you read through it is that God sets limits on what Satan can do in this test. In other words, Satan's got power, but God is the one who limits his power to some degree. Number two, write this down. There's a conversation between Job and his wife. Now, this this conversation takes place after he loses all his money and all his possessions. But in this conversation between Job and his wife, she says these words in Job chapter 2, verse 9. His wife said to him, are you still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? What kind of a wife is that? And yet that's exactly what happened. And then write this down. 
there's a conversation between Job and his friends. And there's primarily three. There's a fourth guy in there, but primarily the three. Just to sum up the book, the largest portion of the book is a discussion between Job and his buddies. And they basically do two things. They stare at him. Like, what happened to you, man? The second thing that they do is they start to question Job. And they go, Job, you must have some secret sin for all this to happen to you. And, and, and why don't you tell us, Job, what is it? What sin are you involved with? And so the whole book, going back and forth, is Job and his friends talking about why this is happening to him. And this is how long it is. It's 29 chapters. They go back and forth. And at the end of that 29 chapters, Job, he starts to question God. They get to him. And I want you to write this down. He's wondering, Job starts to wonder if God even cares about him. And he wants, he's crying out. And, he, and Job actually three times cries out to God and says, God, answer me. Answer me. I want to know, do you care what I'm going through? And that leads us to the third section of this book, which is the encounter. And write this down. There's a conversation between God and Job. There's four chapters. Chapter 38, 39, 40, and 41. And these four chapters, God speaks to Job. And it's the largest discourse where you actually hear God speaking. And in this discourse, God asks Job 70 questions. Now, now Job, he's only got one question for God. And what is the question? God, do you still care about me? And God answers Job's question with 70 questions of his own. The reason God asked Job 70 questions, you got to read in between the lines, what God is saying to Job is this, Job, who are you to question me? He wants Job to know, I'm in charge, not you. So look at Job 38, verse 1. The Lord answered Job out of the storm. Everybody say storm. And then he says, verse 2, is question number 1. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Verse 3. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you. You're not going to question me. I'm going to question you. And you shall answer me. Verse 4. Where were you, Job, when I, God, laid the earth foundation? Tell me if you understand. And all these questions, Job can't answer one of them. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what, verse 6, were its footings set? And who laid its cornerstone? Verse 7, while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Verse 8, who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. Verse 10, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, verse 11, when I said, talking about the waves of the sea, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. 
And this goes on for four chapters. God asking Job questions about the constellations. God asking Job questions about the weather and about the floods and about the rains and about the animals and about the universe. And after four chapters of God just hammering Job, Job finally speaks. I want you to look at it, the last chapter. Job 42 verse 1. Job replied to the Lord. He says, I I know that you can do all things. And no plan of yours can be thwarted. And then he goes back to that question number. Remember there's 70 questions? He goes all the way back to question number one. Look at verse 3. He goes, Lord, you were the one that asked, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things that were too wonderful for me to know. You said, God, in verse 4, you said, listen now and I will speak, I will question you, and you shall answer me. And Job in verse 5 says, here's my answer. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And therefore, verse 6, I despise myself and repent in dust and in ashes. What's he saying? He's simply saying, God, I should have never questioned you way back earlier in Job. I said those words, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And then I started listening to my three buddies and they were telling me I must have sinned or I must have done something wrong to have all this happen to me. And I started to doubt and I started to wonder if you even cared about me. And I cried out and I asked you, do you care about me? And God, after you've spoken, I realize I have no right to question you. That you are so far greater than me or or myself than I'll ever be or ever hope to be that I simply need to get back to trusting in you. And therefore, on this pile of ashes with these boils and the scraping and losing everything, as a broken man, I'm just going to go right back and I repent, God, and from this point forward, I'm just going to trust in you. And, and you have to understand, after Job reached that conclusion, it was after he repented, it was after he acknowledged that God was God and that all he needed to do was trust, God doubled what he had uh, when he restored Job from the beginning. So it's blessing after blessing. So here's my quick things. I want you to take these home with you. Number one, human suffering is not easily explained. And preachers get in trouble when we think we can explain suffering. And that's why you should know, everyone in this room needs to know Isaiah 55 verse 9 that says, as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways. There there are many things that are unexplainable to me. I will never be able to explain them. I cannot understand or explain why today one billion people around the earth do not have drinkable water at their disposal. I can't explain that to you. I cannot explain to you why in our country that one out of every six people are living in poverty today. 
in what's supposed to be the greatest country, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, why is it that one out of every six people are living in poverty? And that cycle is growing. It's, it's not, that cycle is not going away. Why, why is that? You see, the greatest test for a Christian is one's attitude when life doesn't make sense. The test is not when the sun is shining and prosperity is in the wind. The test is what do you do when the bottom drops out, when the spouse leaves without explanation, when there's a traffic accident that leaves someone physically impaired. The test comes when the child dies, when the finances disappear. It takes faith at a moment like that to say like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Number two, write this down. Being good. And this is really the story of Job. Being good does not exempt us from heartache. Job was a righteous man, was he not? And yet he lost his fortune. He lost his family. He lost his health. And you remember back in Job chapter 2 when the wife said to Job, why, don't you, why are you still holding on to your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? Do you remember what Job said to his wife? You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not accept the bad? Being good does not exempt you from heartache. You can, be, you can come to church. You, just because you came to church today and you got your Bible, you can actually give 10% in, in the offering and, and you prayed and you worship. doesn't mean you're not going to have problems. Which leads me to the third thing. Write this down. God is not the author of most suffering. God gets blamed for everything. Stop blaming God. We suffer because of our sin. That's true. Anytime you sin you are going to suffer. Don't blame God. Blame your sin, okay? If you sin, if I sin, there are always consequences to those sins. Write this down. Sometimes we suffer because of someone else's sin. Had nothing to do with you. But someone else did something wrong. And I'll illustrate this, and this is going to prove my point here real fast. How many of you know, raise your hand, if you know that driving and texting is against the law? You cannot text while you drive. Raise your hand. And I want to ask you this question. You're in church. I do not want the roof to fall down, so be honest. <laughs> How many of you ever text while you're driving? Raise your hand. Real you're in church. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. It's possible. You could be killed on the way home by someone else doing what you've done a thousand times. My point is, you can suffer, and it's not even your fault, or someone else can suffer because it's your fault, but sometimes it's your sin, sometimes it's someone else's sin. Number three, write this down. Sometimes it has nothing to do with sin. That's possible. You say, Dudley, what in the world are you talking about? Well, John chapter 9, Jesus saw a man that was blind from birth. And verse 2, John 9, 2 says that the disciples asked him, Rabbi... Who sinned? Because they assumed that if a man was born blind, he must have sinned or his parents must have sinned. There's got to be somebody sinned. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered this question in verse 3. He goes, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. 
You know, I know this is difficult, but it's possible for you to suffer, and it has absolutely nothing to do with sin, but God wants to somehow be glorified and magnified through how you handle your suffering. That's poss- it's possible. I don't expect you to understand that. When I saw the pictures of the tornadoes going through Moore, Oklahoma a couple weeks ago, I got to be honest with you, when they said only 24 people were killed, I was in shock. I thought there were thousands, perhaps tens of thousands, that they had to be killed when I saw all that destruction. And yet there were so many people that the newspaper reporters said, hey, how did you survive? Oh, God, protect, God, save, God washed over me. It was a miracle. Oh, I should have died, but I, God washed over me. It was miracle after miracle after miracle. In all that destruction, it's still possible for the work of God to still be displayed. It's possible. And then four and five, write this down, write them both together. It it, it can be a test. That's what the story of Job is. You, You can, it could be a test. It could be God and Satan. It's possible that they had a little discussion about you and you, you say that you're a Christian and you live like one and God said, all right, let's just see, let's see. You can do this much and just see how they handle it. That's possible. But number five, uh, many things happen in our life in order to mature us, to stretch us. God wants to grow us. He wants to strengthen us. God, God wants to replace your folly with wisdom. He wants to replace your foolishness for truth. And so sometimes he allows you to be thrown in that washing machine, to be thrown around there a little bit so that you wake up. Uh, Just like Job said, I'd heard about you, but now I see you. He wants that process to take place. James chapter 1 verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and not lacking in anything. Which leads me to the fourth lesson. Write this down as we prepare to close. Difficulties strengthen our faith. Difficulties strengthen our faith. Trust in God. Be faithful. Be true. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Don't just hear God. Experience God. And understand that God is going to see you through that storm. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? 
struggling with prejudice, brokenhearted, anxious, or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th, at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.